Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Lift your hands to God and just give Him thanks. Father, we just want to say we love you, we exalt you, and we thank you. What a good God you are. You are precious, you are kind, you are faithful. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And you unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance. Of the leaf from my enemies to all my faith. One more time. In you unravel me, sing. Lift your hands. I'm no 
take your seat. I'm going to give you one more minute to just thank God. We have to start learning and cultivating the habits of the culture of thanksgiving, giving praise and glory. And everyone needs compassion. You know it. three people to church at least three people welcome them to church 
give them a good compliment. And those online, we welcome you to church today. Welcome, 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 welcome. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Who is always excited when you come to church? Do I have that person in the house today? Okay, please let's put out the link. Let's share the link with our loved ones. The number of testimonies and feedback I heard from Sunday service has been amazing. Um, and that's the power of, I mean, people who were not members of the church. Some of, somebody sent a, a DM to me, you know, just to say, Pastor, you spoke to my spirit, you know, and that's the testimony of just responding. Sometimes you never know who needs these things, okay? So let's share the link to our loved ones, our friends and family. I'm going to be teaching something very powerful tonight as well, even though I'm talking about the local assembly, but you'll see how it concerns you. And so there are people you might know that you might want to share the link to personally. And same also with everyone who's watching online as well. Please join all that is going on in this physical building. You know, that's one of the ways to participate in anything that is happening here. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Once you have done that, then... I have a word from the Lord for you. Oh. Come on. You, you see, I have to do a, a whole teaching on how to respond to the word of God. There is a, there's an attitude of hunger and it reflects in your response. Do you see that? It reflects in your response. You see, when I'm in church and someone is preaching, the way I'm seated, my word cannot pass me. I'm telling you. Because it, I, I'm like a goalkeeper trying to get a penalty. You know, not some of your goalkeepers. Or a defender trying to defend, not Maguire. <laughs> not that one, though. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Where is my word? You know, there are some things someone, the pastor is saying, it's feeding your spirit, but it's not your own. In that sense, you get it? Like, Let that one pass. Where my own day? Where my own? Pam! Has this happened to you before? Sometimes, before the pastor begins to pray, I mean, it's almost like I declare or I prophesy. You know that what he wants to say is yours. You have stood up. Has that happened to you? You are hungry. Some people, they have been sleeping. They finish their prayers. Before you wake up, say, it's your own. Say, hey, it's my own. You must learn how to be in church. Listen, the church is a place of power. It's not a social gathering. And because we've gotten too used to coming, we can sometimes substitute it for a community meeting or a taste by moonlight service. Where you're just like, okay, oh, listen, any word that will not transform you is not doing the purpose of the word. At the end of the day, the purpose of the word is for transformation in your life. But you play responsibility in that. You see what I'm saying? 
you must not you must not just take the word of God for levity and say oh let it just meet me where I am you must be willing and obedient and then you eat the good of the land that's what the Bible says if you be willing and obedient yes or no so I have a word for someone now. Let me tell you something. Let me teach you something. My response to the word. Sometimes when you, when you hear me, if you catch me listening to a message, <laughs> sometimes I'm hmm. Oh my, come on now. I'm on my own. Oh my, come on now. Yeah, that's it, that's it. I will rewind a word that is mine. Do you do that? Yeah. Don't go asleep on bicycle. Okay. I will rewind it. Wow. <laughs> wow. So when I say, I have a word for you, because you see, sometimes when we say, we have a word for you, or there's a word from the Lord to you, you need to start to carry it just as though it was Jesus himself that appeared to say to you. Because in itself, if it's coming from the word, it is Jesus. I've taught you this before. There are three phases of the word. There is the living word. There is the spoken word. And there is the living word. All of these three is the word of God. And that's Jesus right there. So when I say, I have a word from the Lord for you. It is Jesus speaking to you right now. Who's ready for their word? So this evening while I was praying, the Lord gave me a word. In Agai chapter 2 and verse 6. I don't know who's going to take this word and run with it, but I believe it's a word for someone right here. Agai 2 chapter 6. Let me start reading, chapter 2 verse 6, pardon me. Let me start reading from verse 5. Verse 5 says, according to the word that I covenanted with you and when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains with you. Do not fear. That's a word for someone. Oh, they've told you that you have three more months to leave. Oh, they've told you that they have to do a, a, a transplant for you. Oh, they've told you that, oh, you, you, you can't get that job. It's above your CV. And then you are in fear already. Scripture is saying to you today, do not fear. Tap three people and say, do not fear. Only believe. Tell the person, do not fear. Tell the next person, only believe. Now let's look at verse 6. You begin to like this, the, the word from here now. Verse 6 then says, For this says the Lord of hosts, once more, in a little while, Kaya, it says, I will shake heavens and earth, the sea and dry land. Verse 7 then says, are you in the season of divine acceleration? Verse 7 then says, I will shake all nations, and they shall come to thee, the desires of all nations. It says, I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 8, the Lord now started boasting in himself. He says, the silver is mine. After God, don't give prophecy. He can't brag. He says, the silver is mine. 
The God is my said the Lord. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 that says, the glory of this debtor right now. You see, the Bible says, when the Lord turned the captivity. Be like them that dream. Say, wake me up, pitch me. Somebody pitch me, pitch me, pitch me, pitch me, pitch me, pitch me, pitch me. Hey, what we waited for has come to pass. Is that your testimony this season? What we waited for. What I waited has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. told him to go and dip himself in Jordan and he said ah, 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 me is there no other better river Damascus river is there then lady told him the servants hey better give yourself brain no? better jump inside this thing and be cleansed don't be too intellectual for a spiritual instruction the instruction is very simple you are going to rejoice
me now. There is a release of a grace called ease. You know, for, for those called to ministry, let me explain something. Have you ever seen Baba Deboye preaching and he's using handkerchief? Have you ever caught him with handkerchief? But it's things happening. There's something called ease. Now, I'm not saying you should not use handkerchief before you go and drop handkerchief. Now, say, yeah, anybody that is using handkerchief, that one doesn't have ease. Me, I'm using handkerchief. I'm just using it as an example. You get it? But there's something called ease that just makes things easy. From this moment, begin to experience that in the name of people. Give God a shout of Jesus, we thank you because of the angels of your word bringing light and understanding to the simple. We ask for illumination. We ask our eyes be open to see, hear, and know what your spirit is saying for us in the now. We give you honor and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. The church says a louder amen. amen. Top five people and you may be sitting. Glory be to God. All right. We continue. Okay. <laughs> Amen. We continue our teaching series from last week on the local assembly. If you were blessed last week, let me see your hands up. And so I continue again on the same teaching on the local assembly. And by the way, have you gone to hear the message on Sunday? Has it been entering your spirits? Are you taking it like a syringe? When the thing sinks, you will know then you will begin to see manifestation. I'm telling you, there will be testimony collisions. Get ready for that. Get ready for that. All right. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. I'll read from verse 6 to verse 12. All right. I marvel that you're turning away soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Underline the word different gospel. Next verse. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Next verse. Verse 8. But even if we, do you see that? Or any angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Next verse. Verse 9, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone, can you see the emphasis? Can you see the emphasis? All right, that tells you something there. I tell you again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, what we have received, number one, what we have preached, number two, what we have received, let that person be accursed. Next verse. Verse 10. For do I now persuade men, for do I now persuade men, or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a born servant of Christ. Verse 11. But I make myself known to you, brethren, that the gospel 
which was preached by me is not according to man. Next verse. Nor for I neither received it but from man, nor was it taught me, but it came through the revelation of Christ. Somebody say the revelation of Christ. Say it very loud, the revelation of Christ. Now, Gethsemane in the next few months to the end of the year would be biblical sound teachings to bring particularly, like I said last week on Tuesday, doctrinal balance about things that matters to us as a time and as a people and as a generation. And one of the ways or one of the topics we are going to start with, or pardon me, we have started with is the topic of the local assembly. This topic is so critical, so crucial. Reason is because there are many misconceptions. You know, one of the, one of the indications of the last days of the comings of the end times which we are in now is that there would be many prophets false doctrines false teachers they would sound like it they would look like it but they are not it but it's part of the indication it must happen and let me tell you what this is also to suggest to us from this scripture that even in the days of Paul it was happening so it is not peculiar to our times what has just made it more obvious is the fact that we now have social media. And social media can now blow things out for proportion for us. And people can now see things they would normally not see in a small circle where it was before. And so somebody can be in Portugal or in New York or in, in Australia or in New Zealand or in Papua New Guinea have their own thoughts, have their own doctrinal belief. And as long as they have more following, more influence, or they are able to drop something there, and they have a little set of people that believe in their truth. Then, you who know the real thing, the truth of a little sect can come to you be your own truth eventually. And that's why one of the things we must do as a people in this precarious time of life is to guard our hearts. Bible says we should guard our hearts with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. There has been no attack on any institution like the institution of the church. It's like every single day there's something. Nepal takes the light. The church has not done anything about it. We have a bad president. The church has not done anything about it. We have a good road. The church did not even do something. About it. Everything is the church. And so it's like we look for more reasons to castigate the church. We look for more reasons, and guess what? If I tell you the honest truth that the people who pull down the church the most are the church people themselves. Do you believe that? Yeah. And so it's almost like the war against the body of Christ. The body of Christ fighting the body of Christ. And so we see many different things. Oh, this church is like this. We are the church that does the great thing. And also, even the new, we can move to the other side of the pendulum of we are the new, no churches like us. Let such vocabulary not come out from us. That superiority concept passed down unconsciously is not really Christ. It's birth warfare, conflicts. And a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so, you know, it's very easy to actually collaborate with secular artists than for church to church to collaborate. Because of mindset of superiority. 
but we understand it because there is really a difference between unity and uniformity there are two different things we can be united but it doesn't mean we have to be uniform do you get that what Christ wants us to have is the unity of the faith not necessarily the uniformity so we can have Catholic, we can have Methodist, we can have um, uh, which other one? Baptist, Anglican, the Pentecostal, and sometimes we feel more superior than the other. Even the world of faith movement is now fighting the grace movement. <laughs> Glory be to God. First Timothy chapter one and verse three. First Timothy one three. It says, I'll read first, verse one and verse, verse three and verse four. It says, "As I urged you when I was when I went to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that teach no other doctrine." Next verse, nor give heed to fables and endless geologies, which cause dispute rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Sometimes, most of these disputes on social media even doctrinal disputes sometimes it's for personal use not for godly edification that person that shouted has faced the crisis before <laughs> it's like oh my life <laughs> any gospel that doesn't edify an edification is not what excites you because people mistake edification to depth of excitement. It must be building up something inside of you. When a word comes in your church, it does two things. It either is building up something inside of you or tearing down something inside of you. So we come to church to be edified. And that's why the Bible says in the book of 1 Peter, I think it's chapter 3, verse 18. It says that we should grow in grace and what? In the knowledge of Christ. Say after me, I grow in grace and I grow in the knowledge. Say it one more time, I grow in grace and I grow in knowledge. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. Ephesians 4 and verse 14. It says that we should no longer be children. Somebody say after me, today... As I desire and dedicate myself to continuous growth, say it very loud, to continuous growth, I quit, I cease to remain a child. You know, if a child remains as a child, even though he's an heir, he cannot enjoy the promise or the inheritance. Listen, there are benefits of spiritual growth. Though you might be an heir, but as long as you are still a child, you cannot take inheritance. My daughter is one and a half years old now, maybe to nine months, one year, nine months. Now, no matter how rich God has blessed me or is blessing me or will bless me, and I have $500 billion in my account. Now, just think about it. Bam Bam comes to me and say, Daddy, I want to drink small stouts. Because I want to make her happy, will I give her small stouts? Or, Daddy, I want to wash your clothes. I'm not even talking about driving car. 
I want to work. Will I say, yeah, take, do it well, though. Use that soap, homo, use that one. Don't use bastard. Would I, would I do? Or my younger, my, my daughter now, how old she is, she comes to me and says, Daddy, I want to make rice and beans for you to eat. Is that not poison? But does she have what it takes to do that in the future? What does she need to do? She has to grow up. You have to grow spiritually. The same way it becomes a a matter of concern for you if at the age of five or at the age of maybe 22 or 25, whatever age, you still feel like taking your mom's breasts. You know we should check you that there's something eternally wrong with you. Some desires must go as you grow. Oh, you didn't hear what I said to you. Your taste buds must change as you grow. That's how we can tell that you are growing. Now, listen, you can deceive us with your physical stature physically, but you can have a kwashoko spirit because you are not growing. And the only way to grow physically by eating is the only same way you can grow spiritually by eating. And what do you eat? The word of God. You must grow. Because you see, if you don't grow, you'll be tossed by many winds of doctrines. If you go and sit down with many of us biological parents, just have a 30-minute conversation with them about their journey in the Christian faith, you'd realize that 80% of their decisions, why they are where they are right now, is most likely of their lack of growth spiritually, whereby a prophet was their guidance, not the Holy Ghost. So 80% of their decisions, see, you will suffer for what you don't pay the price for. Suffer for it, and I feel led to say this for someone right now. In your heart, you have been sensing you need to spend time to understand topics like righteousness, redemption, new birth, the foundation of the Christian faith. But you are already going to the mountains to tear down mountains. You better stay with foundation and grow in that one first, so that your roots is deepened. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't skip classes spiritually. Make a personal decision for your growth. Listen, I've said this and I I can talk about it. Their messages have consumed. On, 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 I mean, name it. Crefford Dollar, Kenneth Hagen. I've heard them. I know the ones that I... I take right now, I know the ones because of my growth now spiritually that I say, mm, flag off. Because I've grown. Nobody can wake up tomorrow and be saying, eh, tighten this, tighten that, tighten. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna teach on I'm, I'm gonna teach on giving before the end of this year. And I want you to get ready for that teaching. But you see, I know my conviction when it comes to giving. It's too late for any in fact, eh. If God says, now lie the lie, you're not in God giving again, no. It's too late. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why? Because maturity brings stability. Some things will not just shake you anymore. 
You see some things on social media. Instead of you to like it, you will resist it. Even though everybody's saying, wow, depth, great, wow, man, whoa. Just know that this is not complete. Let's determine to grow. Don't play church. Stop waiting your time in church serving a God you don't know. And you know, because there are no classes in terms, there are no exams set for us spiritually. So we don't know who is growing or who is not growing. Because your, your exercise, even in church, can make us think you are growing. Or your service. You can think service is a substitution for, for growth. Go and ask Mary and Martha. You see that there are two different things. Desire to grow. Desire to grow. So that you will not be tossed, tossed, pardon me, by any wind of doctrines. Are you ready for God's word now? Oh, you've been hearing the word already anyway. All right. Let's get into, I have plenty of things to say, so we need to really run. All right. First off, I want to start out by talking about the myth about church, especially in our generation. What are the myths that you hear everywhere? People say it, it sounds so good, but it's not true. So what are those myths? Number one, I don't have to be a member of a church to serve God. I can serve God on my own. After all, you know, God is everywhere. So I don't, I don't, I don't have to be a member of any church. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a universal member of the body of Christ. Number two, is, is that correct, the new? Is that correct? Okay, so I don't have to waste my time on that. Next one. I don't belong to any church. I go to any church that I fancy. <laughs> I go to any church that seems like, you know, what they are saying in that season connects to me. Then when they are done with that season, I move to the other one that connects to me. Then I move to another one. It's called church prostitution. I just move around. I'm a church movement. After all, in our generation, we are movement in it. So you don't have a place. You don't have a local assembly. You are not a part of any tribe spiritually. Like someone used to say, when God is now looking for you in Dinu on Sunday, they find you in CNS. They say your angel is already in the... Uh, those, those things are joko. Before somebody believed that, eh, ah, what if my angel is in CNS? That, ah, they are joke, but we just use those things to crack jokes. You get what I mean? See, there is a regimen required for growth. When a mother gives birth to a child, she doesn't carry the child around to be giving the child 500 people's breasts. The child must stay with one and get used to one. And any child that likes others is a prostitute child from the womb. <laughs> many of us do spiritually there is a milk for you and that's where you grow that's how you grow do you know that doctors even suggest to nursing mothers that they should not give their babies formula 
or any other things, right? Until like six months. If those things are regiments physically, then what are the regiments spiritually? But you know, everything goes. We just, we're just, so no stability, no depths. So some people, the many things you have heard is contradicting your own, your own destiny. Are you get what I'm saying? What you ought to know, what you have heard is contradicting it. And listen, it's easier to destroy than to build. One wrong suggestion can destroy everything you think you've ever known in the gospel. So that's why you must guard your heart and grow. And when you grow, there are things you will hear. You just know that, no, no, it's not, it's not supposed to be right now. This is not it. My, my greatest desire is to really see a generation that know God. Not a generation that only serve God. There are too many churchgoers without depths. And we can cover it up during praise worship. By your cry and by your lifting up of your holy hands. But you drop the hands, we can see babes spiritually. No depths. And that is why the discipleship systems of churches has fallen flat. There is no discipleship anymore. Because the people who ought to even be discipling are still being discipled. Because there is no depth. So you who are supposed to be teaching people foundations, faith, growing in the knowledge of Christ, you are still in the elementary teachings. Still in repentance from dead work. We are still trying to explain to you that, sir, you are the righteousness of God, though, but you are still holding on to the cause that somebody suggested to you. You are still battling that one. So we have many babes. So what happens to most pastors is that they just end up teaching as the man of God and get you becoming to the point where all you just get is breakthrough. Say, this breakthrough you want. Oh yeah, come and be collecting it. Come. So nobody is not, people, most churches now are no longer interested in personal spiritual development. So what we have is actually a spiritual health center called church. More sick people but really, we should actually have more strengthened people going out there to heal the sick people. But when you are sick, what can you do for somebody? Because you yourself, there is no nutrients. When you spend time, I've never even entered into my message. When you spend time in the word of God, you grow in grace. Your grace, I'm telling you the honest truth. I'm telling you, the, telling you guys, see here, eh? we truly have a discipleship pandemic Yay! in the body of Christ. And we are going to experience it in the highest like never seen in our generation. Our fathers fell into that side of the pendulum of God give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But never really in God, I want to know you, know you, know you, know you, know you. Which pendulum do you belong to? I hope you know that if you know him, you will get here everything. What pendulum are you in? Number three, I serve God on my own terms. 
and I attend only special services. <laughs> you see them at the feast, next conference, Oriki. Which other one? Crossover service, Thanksgiving service, Grace Culture, eh? Easter Sunday, Carol service, Valentine service. Butterflies. Now, can you can you grow that way? You can't. If you have a loose spirit, just loose. People can I again put it this way that people how do they say it again? People spend a lot of time feeding their physical body but giving their spirit man a cold snack. The, the, the body is charged but the spirit is in coma. Spiritual coma. Sometimes the most anointed man of God is putting CRP. Is that what they call that thing? CPR. Ooh, the, the spirit is we need, we need to detain you before the Lord. <laughs> you know what it means to be detained before the Lord? We uncuff you. We tie your leg. We hold you bound to feed you, feed you, feed you, feed you, feed you. And sometimes we need three months, six months before the Spirit now open one eye. Another three months to open the second. Talk, talk, let alone to start walking. But you know, you can be moving your body. But that activity is going on like that for you spiritually. The devil would always come at you in the leg of what you don't know. That's why people are looking for dream interpreters. So people will be interpreting their dreams for them. And you go online now, you see a white woman with white hair that looks like dove. They say, just click and they will tell you your future. Some people are doing it. Believers do it. Maybe by luck, she can tell me my future. And Zodak sign, particularly gender, determines for them their life. Someone will say, if you are born in December, you are likely to be prosperous. Then if you are born in October, you look like a failure. Okay, sorry. You are not a failure. <laughs> so someone is in November thinking, so let me ask you a question. Think about it. All those things, who wrote it? Think about it. Someone say, they, it's, a, it's nature, or they gathered 20 people, and they did like a research. Or who wrote it? Don't you think that that's framing in somebody's mind? Me, I'm born any month, the month of Jesus. <laughs> and as I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I don't need any months to determine my outcome in life. Glory be to God. Shout it very loud and blessed. Amen.
me tell you something. You know, when things are not going too well for me sometimes, I'm telling you the honest truth, I don't think about what I've done wrong. That's not what comes to my mind. Because my foundation is that I'm too conscious of my blessed, my blessedness. I'm too conscious. You must be too conscious of who you are that it begins to affect even how you walk, how you talk, how you carry yourself. But if you don't know what the word of God has said about you, how do you become what he has said about you? You are only becoming somebody else's suggestions to you. Shout it, I'm blessed. Amen. Say after me, I know the word of God. Okay, let's give it a try. Is somebody getting blessed today? Yes, Quote 10 scriptures that if somebody taps you now, you remember. Close it. Don't close it out because I can do a movie today. So I say, for God so loved the world that God is, uh, even that one, so we don't know it again. They stop and shall not perish. Perish, perish, perish. But if they say they never see me coming, they know that one. Okay, when he coming, the word of God that can change. <laughs> they don't know that one. Oh. Like peak. Say ah, the guy, the guy, they sing, they sing, it they bust my brain. I hope the word of God is busting your brain. I really hope. Oh. 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 Have you noticed something? That when you are in problem, you don't remember all those songs. Have you noticed? Now, if your God forbid that will not happen to you, you are driving and your tire is like this. Well, do you remember? But is that what comes in my face? You will just begin to say, Oni where that he will come from. <laughs> Am I correct? It's to tell you that those things are shallow. The real one. Must be here. Nobody gets into crisis. I say, again, this Nobody. Have you seen people like that? I, the first time my boss from Ife, we're coming from Ife, a Muslim man sat at my back, a woman with all, all the way down. The tire busted. The car wanted to start some Of course, the car some assaulted. The woman, sh- she did not remember Allah Ragba. She shouted, Jesus. I look back in the midst of the car. My wife said, Leave my Jesus home. It's only me here. <laughs> if he needs to save anybody, it's only him. Don't, go, eh, don't join me. Eh, don't give your life now. Oh. Ah, don't give your life now. Oh. Let us finish. <laughs> but you know, our God is so merciful that He saves anyone that calls upon His name. Both Christians. God. The rain falls upon the just and the unjust. If he can do that to people who denies him, 
How much more you sons? I don't know what I'm saying. How much more you sons? Anything that happens in your life is the love of God. The good and the bad is the love of God. That's what the song says. You are God alone. For the four times began. You are on your kaya. Um, you must build a foundation with first the love of Christ ah it's too much love it's not even just excess it's outpouring, overflowing it's, it's, it's endless when you think you have seen the end you just saw the beginning that's the kind of love can you imagine Jesus, oh? Bros. J, think about it, oh. This sinner has done all the bad things for the earth, finish. Then on the cross, Jesus, day in, day, the third one, day. On the cross, he looked and said, he asked for forgiveness. So just talk, just started to talk to Jesus. And Jesus said, on this day, Now think about it. What is it to add that you think he cannot forgive? Why have you allowed that thing to hold you from entering into destiny? Let me ask you a question. If that guy asked Jesus at that point for landed properties, would Jesus give him? Would he give him? The other one that was even abusing him, would, would Jesus still assign? Maybe he was about to die with one eye, don't they go? He just bros, don't forget me, don't forget me too, don't forget me too. Would Jesus say, well, I can for you. Now hell did they go. The love nature. Mercy said no. I'm not gonna let you Woo. 
I want you to put it everywhere on your social media today. God loves me. Make it a... If you didn't hear anything in church today, let it sink. If you think you are in the deep of life right now, it's from that recognition and that consciousness that you will rise. God is not partial. He's not doing good for other people and waiting to punish me. He loves me. Because he loves me, he knows my timing. So he's going to do it for me in my own timing. Let's celebrate Jesus right here. All right, let me see that. All right, what is the biblical reason to become a member of a local assembly? Is somebody getting blessed this this evening? So what are the biblical reasons to become a member of a local assembly? Number one, it's an obedience to the word of God. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. Hebrews 10 and verse 24. Some people say, oh, I don't want to be a part of any local assembly. I don't want to be a part of a church. All this church, all this church, all this church. But you ask the person, are you a Christian? He says, yes. Are you a believer? He says, yes. So why then don't you want to be a part of church? Well, I'm the church of God, so I don't really want... Well, why we understand that you are the church in terms of a representation when we come together. But I want to say something to you there. You must never take that to the extreme whereby you isolate yourself from the body. That's what many people do. And I found that most people who get into that thing of isolation, they become critical, judgmental people towards the church. Judgmental. The pastor drives a new car. They've used all your money to drive. I saw the other day. They said somebody, Baba Deboye was coming. Somebody, you know, put their hand and took. Celebrity will pour water on people while they are singing. Nobody will talk about that. If a pastor does that, it will make the news. And most people is from critical, judgmental spirit. That's right. Just judgmental spirit. So, if you say you are a Christian, if you say you are a believer, what did the word of God say? Does the word of God ask us to isolate ourselves as Christians? Does the word of God ask us to be in part of a local assembly, a local community, a local church? Yes. Yes. And so it is critical for us to understand that being a part of a local assembly is in obedience. You are obeying the word. Are you hear what I'm saying? So if you're a part of a local assembly, you are obeying the word of your father. And if you're not a part of a local assembly, what are you doing? You have to be a part of a local assembly. Because you see what? You you know why? Because you bring a supply of the Spirit to that local assembly. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 12, that one, one, the eye, the, the hand cannot say it's not part of the body. Or the eye cannot say, you might be the eye of the whole body. My wife can be the leg. You can be the ears. You can be the nose, depending on the. <laughs> you can be the ant that fights for us. You see that 
But you can't, the hand cannot say, oh, I'm taking my hands away. Let the body function on its own. Because you bring the supply. You are not just a church attendant or an attendee. You are, there's a supply you bring when we gather together. See, if I say we begin to, listen, have you noticed this? This is so powerful. That when you say, when you come to church sometimes and you feel weak, like you feel spiritually drained and gone, and you enter into church and you sit down, sometimes just from the worship, it feels like your spiritual life goes from zero to like 100. Does that happen to you? Is it the building? Is it the instruments? Do you think it's the music? It's the supply of the spirits amongst the saints. It's a supply. Has this happened to you before? You want to pray and you are praying. But the first 10 minutes is like you can't enter. You are coasting. It's not smooth. It's not. Then you do, 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 do. Then 30 minutes, you are now entering. Then 40 minutes, you now enter. 45 minutes, and hey, you now enter into machine gun prayer. You know machine gun prayer. That one, you are spraying bullets, killing all the demons from your village. You know, there's some girls, sometimes like Bazooka. You stop, so you start coming. Some people matter, require that kind of prayer. Glory to God. Now, that happens, then one hour you enter. And you see, when you hit the gosha, have you noticed it's sometimes very hard for you to stop? Yeah. When you enter into that inner flow. Yeah. In fact, most times what happens to you, and I'll teach on it, it's called like the three layers of prayers. The first layer is that layer, it's like what you call the holies of holies. Oh, not today. The outer court, pardon me. Okay, let me, let me quickly do it. Should I? Yes. All right, in the Old Testament, let me go up so that you can see better. In the Old Testament, we have three layers in the temple. There's what they call the outer court, there's what they call the inner court, and there's what we call the holies of holies. The outer court is where everybody can be in, right? Everybody can be there. It's similar to prayer. In that prayer, first outer court, is that place where you are praying, everybody's there, we say, come on now, let's begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Everybody shout, most times we are praying, but your mind is not involved. You are just praying. You are not even, you are not, it's not touching your soul. It's not heartfelt. It's not feel, you are, even you yourself, you say, just them, amen. In fact, most times in that outer court, you are waiting for them to stop the prayer because you want them to sing worship. They should sing, my daddy, my daddy. Uh-huh. You don't want all this. Let's sing songs to the Lord. Outer court. Everybody's there. Outer court. In Israel, everybody can be in the outer court. Most times the high priest, all of them, outer. Then, there is what you call the inner court. The inner court, it's only the high priests and the priests that can come into the inner court. The all of Israel cannot enter there. Because it's secluded only for those who have... God bless you. Please put your hands together for the media team. So you see, this is the outer court. You see this place. Can you see people on the floor here? Can you see people who can be plenty there? It's a level of prayer. When you start prayer, do you know that many believers never really make it into 
the holies of holies in their prayer lives. I've explained what that means to you. Oh! Should I? Should I? <laughs> Alright, let's do it. Let's do it. I wanted to teach about eh? I'm loving the new this season though. The word on guy in this church now. Let me tell you what that is saying to me. He's saying to me that peers take us deeper. court is where all of these people are, the people outside there. It's just like your prayer life. When you begin to pray that first beginning phase, your mind is not there, you are thinking of jollof rice, you are thinking of fried rice, you are abusing the choir head. You are abusing people's shoes. Look at that one. But Sherebekoto, Mentobaraya, Prokosofele Metaya. Abusing souls for God. Out of court. Everybody's there. And guess what? You can, you see, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer. Meaning the heartfelt prayer. So that kind of level of prayer is not touching you. But you are saying it. After all, the Holy Spirit has taken over. So it's okay. So you stay there. Every po- there is no exclusivity on that level. No exclusivity. No difference. The whole of Israel can be there. The whole of Israel. But then there is that another layer which is the inner court. It is only a selected people that can be in the inner court, which is the priests. That inner court level is like an experience in prayer when you pray to the point and you enter into the next level of prayer. That is what happens when it seems as though you change gear. You are praying, and it was before. Then all of a sudden, an external passion of the Holy Ghost now sets in. As you begin to pray, there's now a little bit more focus. There's now a little bit more, all of a sudden, distraction now begins to turn out. Are you, has that happened to you before? You're just beginning. And if you're in your house, what sometimes happens to some people in this level is that you begin to see disorderliness. And while you are praying, you begin to arrange your wardrobe. Does it happen to you? Your clothes, you'll be putting it together. Things around you. That is what is going on in the realms of the spirits. I'm telling you, arrangements. You begin to, this disorderliness will just open beer to you. Say, ah, what's going on here? The clothes you like that was there before on your bed sheets everywhere, you begin to arrange it. But you are still praying. But there's one fervency that comes. You can't explain where that fervency came from, but you know that this is something new here. So you begin to pray. Then, as long as you keep staying on that lane, it now seems as though your tongues change. Does that happen to you? The first outer court you can be doing. When you enter into this one, for someone like me, it's ayapaya. Nothing has aya. It has entered. Ramato prekete pateka repate le proko. I krite kropande le ponde jelakate rapatosa. Okay, Rama. Aka, aka, aka. At that point, have you noticed that 
it's like you now begin to pick syllables in tongues. Fire, reka, ase, frene, kate, adeta, ekromate, ebrote. It's like those, those tongues is coming from your belly. You are not the one trying to say it anymore. Somebody else has taken over. It's the Holy Ghost. Has that happened to you before? Glory to God. Hey! Mera, fire, kale, ale, para, pele, kutia, ela, makate, ebara, katele, ela, makala, para, ejila, para, kate, ela, makote, leva, now, let me tell you what happens to you next in that level. As you begin to pray in that level, songs you have not sung in four years, five years, begins to come to your mind like old prophetic songs. Let me teach you something. When those songs come, document it. It's a song of the now. And what those songs does for you is it brings you into your now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those songs begin to come. Ramekoto, Ramane. People might be around you, but you don't know anymore. At that point, you are losing count of time gradually. Remeloko Freddy, you are already in this court. But you see, what happens to most people is that they think this is all that there is in this court. So they get to a point, sometimes by distraction, and they go back to the outer courts. They go back there. They're already here. And they go back there. You see, it's at this point when the pastor says, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can't stop. Does that happen to you? It's like, come on, give me another prayer point right now. Give me something else. Give me something. There's, there's energy. There is movement. There's strength. Even though you were tired at first when you were praying the outer courts, there's a sort of strength that comes in this one. So you keep going. You keep going. When you get into this third, second phase, in this second phase, you will notice that your prayer points that you started praying in the outer courts is no longer the prayer points you might be praying here. Meaning that you were praying for a house, but all of a sudden you started deciding that you were praying for consecration. It's like they begin to give you a prayer point at that level. Does that happen to you? It's no longer you praying. It's no longer you selecting the prayers. It's like something else has taken over. Sometimes you begin to see pictures. Sometimes you begin to see images. Sometimes you begin to have wisdom of things. Sometimes ideas of what to do comes. Many times on this level, you remember who you should call. Oh, am I talking to someone? Now let me tell you something. The biggest place to be distracted is in this second layer. That's why I always tell people when you are praying and you enter into the second layer of prayer, have a writing material. Write it down. Don't say, oh, I need to call Bolade because you feel like God is telling you call Bolade. Then you take your phone and call. What has happened to you is that you have come back to start again. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like you've come back to start again. No, write it down when you are done. Because there is one more level. And in the holies of holies, it is not the high priests, because there are many that can enter. In the holies of holies, it's only one high priest. Pardon me. It's not the priests that can enter. It's only one person that can enter the holies of holies. And when they enter into the holies of holies, it's behind the veil. In this level, you have prayed to the point whereby you have lost words. You no longer have tongues. 
you no longer have language your prayer point list has disappeared you are thinking what should I pray again you don't know not because you have prayed what you want to pray but you feel like an incense has risen you feel like everything has disappeared at that level what happens to you is two things most times is you are filled with tears and awe of God there is a love of his presence that you now experience there's like a warmth and praise there's, there's a passion of him a love for his kingdom the love of the things of the spirit it's just, it's just real to you then in this level the next thing that begins to happen to you is tears and songs sometimes now don't forget this second level also is where groaning happens groaning when you enter the third level you no longer have groanings like that you just be quiet sometimes at that level you slip off does that happen to you you slip off the Holy Ghost is dancing over you in your sleep And then meets the high priests. It's now God and the high priests. God will not come to the outer courts there. Then God and the high priest. Then the Spirit of God then overshadows you at that point. You can feel the tangibility. At that point, you feel like there are more people in the room, not only you. You no longer have words. You don't have prayer points. You just be looking. Tears roll out of your eyes. You begin to compose songs. You are not a songwriter. You are not a musician. But songs that you think will scatter the world, you begin to sing it. Hey, Sometimes the only thing you say, Holy Ghost. I love you, Holy Ghost. Just different songs. Different songs will just keep coming. Tears will be rolling off your eyes. There will be a quietness, there will be an embrace, there will be a sweet presence. You will roll on the floor, you will keep quiet, you will have words, you will know what to say. Then the Holy Spirit will begin to talk to you. You begin to feel like somebody else has taken over. At that point, there is so many oppressions of the Spirit going on. Your weapons that you brought to battle, they take it off you. You get into that place, they give you a new garment. By the time you come out of there, a new fragrance, Kaya. I'm telling you, this is how to carry new fragrance. You come out of there, people say you are looking different. Something, there's something about your life. There's a great, it's a perfume of his presence. If you live your life like this, in one year, your life will change. At that level, it's now like, you see, let me tell you something. When you come out of that level, if anybody asks you for anything, you can give it to them. Because you have touched love. You have experienced love. All your pain, your struggle dies. For the next one month, is when you come back to your senses, you begin to remember your problem. But you see, many believers, 
have stayed in outer court in their prayer lives. And most people is the experience of the inner court. And very few people is the experience of the holies of all. At this level, God will begin to covenant things with you. He'll begin to tell you things about your future. He'll begin to tell you things that even if something wants to happen, it will touch you. You begin to have covenanted words with him. He begins to clarify your vision. He begins to tell you deep things. It's a level of a presence. And for pastors and ministers, listen, if you're called to ministry, when you get to that level, when you pick the mic, your tongue will change. You would have what you call compelling power. Compelling power. And not just ministers, business owners, career professionals. It will be something new that will come upon you. Listen, all the three songs that we have in the new, uh, well, some of the songs, there's something in me, my word, must see, it's my time of speed. Which I don't want to get. The attention of God is on me, I full of. I'm telling you the truth. That's how those songs came. In my time of prayer, those levels, you just be hearing the sound, you be hearing the lyrics. It's like a new thing on you. Oh, my befueni. They will bring it for you. Because the secret things belongs to God. There are certain things they don't share in the outer courts. They'll say, come up either. That's why anyone who tests, let him come and buy for them themselves. I finished my message. Now, you are going to exercise it. We are going to exercise it. Are you ready? But you see, what happens, why the church is important and the gathering of the saints is important is that we will pull ourselves. It helps extend the process of people. So sometimes when we come to church, you don't stay too long of something that can stay you for three hours in the outer court trying to enter. By the supply of the we just drag one another inside. And already we are in the second level. Bam! Drag again. That's why when you come to church, remember you are bringing a supply. Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to pray? We're praying for the new. Are you ready to pray? Let's go. Karamahaya Katas. Arabakotelemahaya. Arabakorobakoteles. Shalabakatalabakatos. Arabakotorobakatele. Elabakatalabakayas. Elabakasakabarabahatas. Elabakarabakosabadikabaha. Malabakosakaburokoshalabaha. Hallelujah. Listen, one of the things that happened in this top level, I just forgot to say that, is that when you are done, you check your wristwatch. I realize you have spent five hours. But in your mind, it looks like five minutes. It invites you to the spirit realm of no time zone. It compresses time. Because in the realm of the spirit, there's no time. So it shows you a replication of what it is like in the realm of the spirit. That there is no time. You lost absolute count of time. Do you see that? Pray in the spirit. Let's go now. 
of the spirit. If you feel like lifting up your hands, lift up your hands. If you feel like dancing, dance. If you feel like running, run. At this point, respond to the stimulus of the spirit. If you feel like laughing, laugh. Cry out, Kadush.
your hands. Say after me, in the name of Jesus. Oh, let me hear you very loud. In the name of Jesus, I believe, I receive everything that I prayed for, everything that occurred in the spirit. I receive it right now. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you feel like something fresh? Do you feel fresh? It's a lifestyle to cultivate. Do you see that? It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of the spiritual. And sometimes you get to that point, you begin to sing in tongues. Does that happen to you? You don't even have words. You're just singing in tongues. Begin to dance. And any response, the Holy Spirit, if it says shout, you better shout. If it says run, even if you are living in a small colo, run it twice or five times. Respond to the stimulus of the Spirit. This is how we grow spiritually. This is how we build depth spiritually. And this is how God takes that which is within us and shares it to the nations. In this church, we are raising disciples not just church attenders. We are raising men and women. The average member of this church will be able to pastor this church because of the depth of the spirit that flows within them and them being raised, being taught. Glory be to God. And so in this season, there is deep emphasis. We draw you into the deep to be taught and to be raised. Are you excited? Are you ready? Lift your two hands to God and say, The fountains within me flow like a mighty river, unstoppable, unshakable, undeniable to the ends of the earth. My word shall witness that which is within me. I would grow in grace. And in the knowledge of Christ, I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. It's my inheritance. It's who I am. And so because of that, I dispense God's love and greatness in my city. I am the new, full of life, full of joy, full of hope full of peace, full of love. I love this church. Give God a shout of praise. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.